0: You're listening to a message from New Life Foursquare Church in Canby, Oregon. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to you. Visit canbyfoursquare.com to learn more. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you did really well. I've had a lot of interruptions in my years of preaching, but never a robot. That's, that's a first. So you did a good job with that. Well, good morning. It is so good to see you. And again, I, wanna, I just want to tell you how proud I am to be part of, of this church and the numbers of volunteers that make things happen all year round. It's just fun for me to say I'm part of the ranks. Uh, that we get to do the things that God has called us to do. We do it together, and it is exciting. And so we want you to, to be blessed. I hope you feel blessed. I really do. We want to get this to you. This is one of these mugs that says Canby Foursquare. Annette discovered that right below this, you can actually uh, put your name in a permanent Sharpie or something there. Not Don't draw on the walls. Just put it right here, okay? So uh, we want you to have that, and uh, hopefully it reminds you that you're, You're great and you're awesome. And I think this has just been a a great weekend to be able to celebrate what God's doing in in our church and in our community. Well, following Jesus, this is an amazing journey that I wouldn't trade for the world. There's so many things that have happened along the way. And today what I want to do... So I want to talk to you just for a little bit about what it means to serve God. For many of you, this is going to be something that you've heard before. Hopefully it reaffirms, it encourages you. That's really the design based on the weekend that we're part of and celebrating volunteers and what you're doing. But I'll tell you what, one of the things I have to be very careful about is I can get very comfortable in my Christianity. You know, I can get to a place where I just put it on automatic pilot. It's happened to me. We can become pretty comfortable with a Christian life, uh, just polishing the Christian machine, I'm mean, just keeping up the image, whatever that might mean to you. Uh, I became, I know when I did this, I became more concerned with my image than authenticity, with function, than being effective for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what happens is that we settle in and serving the Lord and others takes a back seat because we're so caught up with our own stuff. Our Christian life becomes more about our salvation, our theology, our politics, our way of life. And we forget about others, we forget our mission, and that we're no longer, and this is one of the things that concerns me the most about my Christian walk, I'm no longer contagious for Jesus. I, I no longer have that, that, that ability or, or, or that Holy Spirit breathe thing in me where, I'm, where wherever I go that people's lives are changed. But I know this, with the Holy Spirit alive in my life, we, with me on the lookout, looking for every opportunity to share my faith, whatever that might look like, whether it's in word or deed, I know God always honors that. And he does give us those opportunities. And by the way, a lot of those opportunities you have to share what God has given you comes in a variety of ways. It's not necessarily here at church. Uh, it can be out in community somewhere. It can be be wherever you are, look for those moments where God wants to use you to touch someone else so that you have a, a, a contagious spirit about who you are. They might not be able to articulate. Whoever paths you cross may not be able to articulate what what... What affected them? I mean, what was different about you? But you know it's Jesus, and you know it's the life of Jesus in you. The Bible says, Jesus in us is the hope of glory. So the disciples of Jesus, they weren't just taught and trained by Jesus, but he trusted them, and he sent them out. That's what Jesus did for them. He helped helped them. So the Christian life is so much more than just fire insurance, so much more than getting my free pass to heaven You know, the Christian life is about all who believe on the Lord Jesus participating in the Great Commission. That's what we've been called to to do. Once we come to that place of faith, we're filled with God's Holy Spirit, there's a job for us to do, and everyone's included. All of you are included. No one gets off the hook. You know, we might think that we're off the hook, but you're not. You're really not, because God's Holy Spirit wants to use you to touch other people. You know, it's a counterfeit of Christianity if we just enjoy the benefit of Jesus without expecting any of the responsibility that truly comes with being a Christ follower. But there's a responsibility we have to follow Jesus. Here at Canby Foursquare, we want to take the focus off ourselves, uh, and we want to place it on God's mission to reach the world. Now, you've heard us say this over and over again. We're here to make disciples who make disciples for Jesus. That's what we've been called to do. Following Jesus isn't about you. It isn't altogether about me. It's about finding ways to love and serve others in a way, in the ways that Jesus did. When we move to serving others, we go from just watching and learning to going and doing. And I I love that part about it. Listen, you just can't watch and learn, but you've got to go and do. Now, this to me is kind of natural. In fact, Annette has said this several times about me. She said, you know, you have this philosophy in life. It's ready, fire, aim. I mean, how many of you are married to someone like that? I mean, that's crazy. It'd drive you nuts. And I'm so glad that I have people in my life, including in this church, that bring balance And I need you. And you need me. And I'm so glad everyone's not like me. And I'm so glad everyone's not like you. I just thought I'd get that out there, okay? But it takes all of us together looking at this great commission and saying, man, we can all participate. We can lend the things that God has given us to touch other people's lives. See, we need to move from just just learning and watching to going and doing. And that's exactly what happened in the lives of his disciples. The disciples of Jesus weren't just taught and trained by Jesus. Again, he trusted them and he sent them out. Now, if you've been around here for very long, you recognize that we are ascending church. That's what God has called us to do. There are people all around this globe that started here in this place, whether they're missionaries or they're church planters whether they go in and to other communities and help share Jesus Christ, this is what it is to be part of Ascending Church, and I'm so excited I get to be part of that. A few years ago, I, I headed back to a couple of our church plants. There there are daughter churches who now have their own kids, so they're granddaughter churches we have out there, and uh, I went to the West, uh, East Coast, went to Orchard Park, and they planted a church in East Aurora, which isn't too far from them, and then headed down to Kentucky, and we planted a church in Berea, Kentucky, and now they've planted a church in Winchester, Kentucky. And I was there uh, at the convention a couple weeks ago and got to meet and spend time with our granddaughter pastor, Rennie Ross. We, we got to hang out together. Tell you what, it is a thrill to see your DNA in other places. It really is. Remember one time in Kentucky, we were sitting down to have dinner with this whole group of people, and there were about 30 of them. What was amazing to me is some of those young ones had gone out when they were really, really young. And now they found their spouses in Kentucky and they're having little Kentuckians, you know, all (laughs) everywhere. They're just everywhere. They're like 30 sitting around this table. And I'm thinking, my goodness, this is incredible. What occurred to me, I had one of those moments, you know, those aha moments where I just kind of leaned back and, and listened to the conversation and the joy and the laughter. And I realized that because of your faithfulness, There is a pod of New Life people planted in that community that will be there for generation after generation after generation. Because I realized that the kids they were having, that was their home. Kentucky was their home. It's not Canby, but it's Kentucky. You see, that's how a a legacy happens. That's how you get the gospel out in the world around you. It's not always easy. But it's something that God has called us to. You know what I'd rather do? I'd rather all of us get together and stay in the same place and just hang out for 30 years. But that's not going to happen. Probably because we'll beat each other up. That's one thing that will happen. But another thing is is the gospel doesn't get out there. And God has called us to send the gospel. And that happens through you and what God is doing in you. So I want to do this. I want to take just a few minutes and talk about three ways that we can equip uh, we can be equipped to serve others. These, again, are three things that you've probably heard before, but I want to repeat them again. I just want to solidify, really, what God is up to in our lives, and I want to talk about those three things. First of all, look at Proverbs eleven thirty. I love what it says here. It says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and the one who is wise saves lives. I love that passage of Scripture because when you read it in the King James, and it says, and the one who is wise wins souls. Maybe your, your, uh, your rendition or your translation says it that way. Basically, what this is saying is that when we grow up in the ways of the Lord, that, that we're like a righteous tree of life. And what we do when we're wise is we pass that life on. That the fruit that we've been given, the gifts that we've been given, we pass that on to others. And when we do that, we bring life, and it is a wise thing to do. It's a wise thing to share whatever the gifts God has given you to others. Now, everyone in this room has particular gifts. Now, you have to go through and sort and, and they were trying to get him back to the hospital, and they discovered some you know, brain tumors, and... And so I I just asked. I said, can I pray for Grant? Grant's his name. I said, can I pray for him? She smiled and handed me that baby. And so I sat there on, you know, row 16C and just uh, held that baby and just prayed, you know, because I knew God was making this kind of connection. little girl was uh, sitting next to me on the aisle. She was right across the aisle. She whispered to her mom and I Uh, Her mom started laughing. I said, What did she say? And she said, She wants to know if she could hold your hand. And I said, Sure, she can hold my hand. So have Grant in one hand, and I'm holding this little sweet baby's hand in the other. And then she whispers to her mom again. And I said, What did she say? And she goes, Oh, she wanted to know if you were married. That's the next question. Starts out. The author says, And the word became flesh. Isn't that beautiful? That that the word just didn't stay up in heaven as a theory as an ideology but the word was in action the word was in action coming to us the bible says this i love it what it says in, in philippians chapter 2 it says and the word became flesh but here's what it and dwelt among us meaning that it camped among us that god took on the form of flesh and camped in your camp hanging out with us that's amazing You see, that's what love does. That's what action does. The word was and is all about love in action. Just remember that. And so when people see you, whether they know you or not, what they're getting is they're getting a glimpse of Jesus Christ. When you serve them and you touch their life, something that is happening is so extraordinary. This is what we know, that God's word is God-breathed. This is God's word-inspired by the holy spirit. Now the main point of 2 Corinthians here is not where scripture came from, but what it is used for. It's used to equip you so that you can serve God and you can serve others. That's what the word of God has been given to us for. It's so that we can help serve others. Number 2 is this, the church and Christian leaders can help equip you to serve others. Now I say that and I do it with some some caution, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, The reason I have some caution here is because it's easy to just rest in our laurels and say, well, these professionals can do all the work, whether that's preaching the word, whether that's evangelizing, whether it's being an apostle or prophet or whatever, and we'll read about that in a second. No, this is about all of us collectively doing what God has called us to do. Did you know that all of you have certain gifts That are mentioned in Ephesians chapter four. You all have certain gifts. Can I tell you one of the things that I've seen mess more people up? (laughs) Is when you see someone's gift and you give them a title. That just messes people up. The moment they get a title, it's like, oh my gosh, we're gonna go, you know, we're we're going south really fast. The best thing that we can experience is expression of the gifts that God has called us to and, and to the people He's called us to, and share those gifts. Some of you may be natural teachers. Some of you might have that prophetic gift that you can share with others. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is you've been given these gifts so that you can share with those around you. This isn't about being a professional in what we're doing. This is about the body of Christ. You know, there is a difference here, and I want you to say this. I I, want to say this to you. Let's not get comfortable in expecting other people to do what God has called us to do. Because that's what we can do. We can be waiting around Um, for others wondering when is someone else going to kick in listen it's our responsibility to kick in and there's a difference between the institute and people because sometimes we're waiting around for the institute to make disciples that make disciples can I tell you this institutes really don't do a good job at that in fact they create Frankensteins I mean the ones I've seen it's like whoa you know who makes the best disciples you people It's not someone else's job, it's our job, it's my job. Where is that going to happen? I want to look for those opportunities. I want to be aware and have my eyes open for those encounters that I might have with other people. By the way, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here. If someone hasn't come to faith in Jesus, (laughs) this is what I do. I always spend time with them as if they are. Does that make sense? I mean, I'm always going, okay, this is a potential Christ follower. (laughs) And I get excited. Some of you have experienced that before you knew Christ and we were in—you know, had a friendship. You didn't know that I was already looking at you like a Christ follower. I was saying, wow, this person's a Christ follower. I can see it. They just need to come to that place of faith. I don't know where that's going to happen. I don't know when that's going to happen. I know it can happen. Uh, oh, it's been six or eight years ago. Um, uh, this will surprise some of you. I was out um, playing golf. And, um, and there were three of us, and so we got up to the first tee, and uh, the guy from the clubhouse said, hey, Mr. Swore, there's another one we're going to add to your group. And I said, oh, that's great. So they brought this guy out. They introduced us to him. Big guy. Man, he's about 6'4", just a big dude and uh, named Kerry. And so we just started talking and getting to know each other. Well, about the fifth hole, we just had, we pulled up on the side of the green. We just started this conversation. And up to that point, man, he was just letting the, he was letting the cuss words fly. man. He was like, whoa, they were just going all over. And I'm just listening to him, talking to him. And then I I think, and I don't normally do this. I just asked him, I said, hey, what do you do for a living? And uh, you know what he said to me? He said, "Uh, well, if I tell you, you promise you won't run. And I said, I promise I won't run. He said, well, I'm a a U.S. marshal. And I uh, went, whoa. I mean, look at this guy. He's big. It fits. He's probably packing, you know? And he's just standing there. he just stands there and goes, I'm a, I'm a U.S. Marshal, one of those tough guys. You know, I'm a U.S. Marshal. And then he asked me, Well, what do you do for a living? Um, and so I said, Do you promise you won't run? That's what I said to him. <laughs> promise you won't run. And uh, he said, No, I'm not going to run. I said, I didn't think so. You're a pretty big dude. And I said, Well, I'm a pastor. And, you know, the first thing he did is he dropped his head. He was trying to count how many swear words he used, you know, from the first hole to the fifth. And I know he was doing that. And, he, and I said, are you thinking about all your swear words? He goes, yeah, I am. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, the next thing that came out of his uh, mouth was transformational. He said this. He said, uh, I needed to meet you today. I said, why Why'd you need to meet me today? And he goes, because I was just diagnosed with cancer, and I don't have a relationship with God. And I want a relationship with God. I said, well, we can do that right now if you want to. We can take care of business right now. He said, sure. So we stood on the fifth green. (laughs) I said, by the way, you don't have to close your eyes because God really doesn't bother him a whole lot if you don't. Um, Let's just, let, let me pray with you. And you just repeat after me. So he prayed that, prayed that you know that faith, that sinner's faith prayer. And he did, and you could tell he was so joy. He received Christ. He's following Jesus today. He loves Jesus. What happened? There was an encounter there that took place. That was totally unexpected, at least by me. And God got me in on it. And I'm so glad I got to get in on it. Listen, don't lose out. God's setting you up. Did you know God set you up? How many know that? Yeah. You usually find out afterwards, but he's setting you up. And there's no free lunches in the kingdom. You're all part of this. And he wants to use you to help others. It says this. It says this in Ephesians chapter, uh, 4, verses 11 and 12. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be Built up. How does God want to use you? Think about how God really wants to use you. It says he gave leaders to the church to build up and challenge you to grow spiritually, whether that's teaching, whether it's just the gift of encouragement, to just walk alongside. You know, it's not as formal as we imagine it to be. Sometimes we think, oh, yeah, that's really formal, and there are all these rules to it. No. You know, Jesus had this wonderful place called the outdoors, that he used as a classroom. And most of the time when disciples were being made, it wasn't in the synagogue, wasn't in church. You know where it was? It was walking alongside the Sea of Galilee. It was headed from the Galilee to Jericho. It was on his way somewhere. And that's why I love what it says in Matthew chapter four. This is one of my great, most favorite scriptures of all time. Matthew four, verses 18 and 19. It says this, as Jesus was walking, y'all can do that, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Isn't that wonderful? You see, what he's doing is he's just walking along. (laughs) And he's 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 just calling out the people that are around him. And you know what he says? He says, you can do the same thing. See, let me ask you this. Who are you seeing right now? Who's around you? Whose path do you keep crossing right now? It's probably divine. God's probably orchestrating it. And we've got to wake up and go, oh, that's what he's doing. I I see what God's doing here. Because Jesus had these beautiful eyes to see us in in our broken state. You know, we're, we're just broken people. And some people say, well, I can't really go out and tell people about Jesus or share my gifts or my talents with others because, I, you know, I've got this mess I need to clean up. <laughs> Welcome to the club. You know what? If you're waiting to clean up this mess in life, there's another one standing in line to get, take the place of the mess you want to clean up. You keep doing that, you're going to wait 100 years, 1,000 years, and God will not, you're, you're cutting God out of the action is what you're doing. Man, I hear that. I hear, well, you know, I'm kind of in this fix. Uh-huh. Welcome to life. Welcome to life. Can I tell you this? Life, isn't that, life is messy. You know why it's messy? Because you're in it. You make it messy. I know some of you. And we make it really messy. And that's, that's why I'm, I'm, I get a little concerned when I see it's kind of getting too comfortable and it looks really clean and clean cut. It's not that clean cut, folks. It's not. There's a lot of mess going on. Right now, in your head, in your heart, a lot of stuff happening right now. Listen, <laughs> that's why we come and we step into this faith with Jesus. That's why we serve, is because it's in the process of following Him that over time He starts to, He cleans us up. It's not perfection; it's a process. Don't eliminate yourself. Follow the model Jesus uses here. Just go about your business. Keep your eyes open. And then the third thing is this. The Holy Spirit will help equip you to serve others. Listen, we can't do any of this without the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Y'all know that, don't you? I mean, we can try, but it's really futile. And I'm gonna tell you, the, the Holy Spirit, I love this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's so pragmatic. You know what the Holy Spirit's really wanting to do? He's wanting you to know you are loved in Jesus Christ, and he's wanting you To tell others that they are loved. And the good news is this. The good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. That's what's happening. You know what we do? We have a tendency to complicate things. You know, I read Acts chapter 2. And I've heard every slant on Acts chapter 2 than you can possibly hear. And some of them are so complicated, you know. Well, this is why the Holy Spirit did this. And this is why people were speaking in tongues. And this is why this happened. Can I tell you what was happening? What was happening was this. There were a lot of people just in one place. God's an opportunist. He says, wow, all these people, they're in one place. Now is a good time to breathe on them, my Holy Spirit, because what they'll do is they'll actually go back to their hometown, and they'll breathe on others. Is that too complicated? You're waiting for some more? There is no more. There is no more. God wants nations and people and community to be loved, and he does that through us and the infilling of his Holy Spirit. Listen, if you've never experienced that infilling of God's Holy Spirit, invite him in to fill you, to fill you. Can I tell you this? It's actually more, it's actually more than just the tingles. Wow, I felt this warm sensation. I think that's beautiful, wonderful. But that's not, that's not where the Holy Spirit stops in you. It's about getting the word out, it's about sharing, it's about serving. It's about laying your life down. That's what this is about. You need power to do that. You don't need power to get tingly. You don't need power to feel warm and fuzzy inside. You don't need that. Oftentimes, that's where it stops. Well, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, what are you doing with that? What does God ask you? Who's he calling you to right now? And that's a question that stands before all of us today. Who's he calling us to? He's filling us with his Holy Spirit. Who is he calling us to bring the good news? The gospel. In Jesus' name, can you say amen to that? I think that's what's happening. So we want to honor you today, and thank you again for being such great people and volunteering and, and doing what God has called you to do. We want to keep doing that. There's community that needs to hear about Jesus. So we appreciate you. You know, Jesus defined greatness in terms of helping others accomplish greatness. Someone wants to ask me, "What's your vision or what's your mission other than the Great Commission?" Here's mine. My mission is to help you find your mission. That's it. That's why I'm on the planet. Real simple. That's the reason I'm here. I, 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 I wish I could flower it up a little more. I can't. My mission on this planet is to help you find your mission. That's my mission. Because I know when that happens, we make disciples who make disciples for Jesus. I know that's the bottom line. And that's what God is asking us to do. And so that we would serve others in Jesus' name like Jesus served us. I love what the word says here. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Y'all have a call, y'all have a purpose. And listen, I'm going to tell you this everyone has a call, everyone has a purpose. Even those who have not come to faith in Jesus, there's a call in their life. You know, I was talking to someone the other day that, that just, you know, they're not, they're not in faith. They're not in, in church community at all. And, and I, I looked at this person. I said, oh, God loves you so much. And this person, just their eyes lit up. Whoa. I said, you've never heard that before. She said, no, I haven't. I said, do you know he has a purpose for you too? And she goes, he does? God has a purpose for me? I said, absolutely. God has a purpose for you. You want to talk about it more? Yep, yep. So we're in a conversation right now. We're in a conversation. But I know this, God's going to continue to open the door for us. He's going to open the door for you. Let him keep working in your life. Let him keep using you as you serve him. Let's bow our heads. Father, we want to thank you today for this amazing journey. Thank you for listening. Please let us know if you have questions or would like us to pray with you. You can contact the church office most weekdays at 503-266-4444 and anytime through canbefoursquare.com.